Welcome to Soul Stirrings, a podcast where all things regarding faith, communication, and culture are considered. I'm your host, Paul Patton, and here's hoping for at least a couple of grins and maybe one strange amen. In this podcast, my emphasis continues to be the sixth fruit of the Spirit, goodness, and St. Peter's emphasis on this particular virtue as a foundational fruit in the process of human flourishing. Now, one could spend a lot of time trying to figure out why St. Peter would have goodness immediately following faith and preceding knowledge in his list of building virtues found in his second epistle, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5-7. through 7. Peter asserts to his first century readers, With this in mind, add to your faith goodness. By the way, Peter's use of the word goodness is essentially the same as Paul in his list of the fruit of the Spirit. Peter continues, Add to your goodness knowledge, and to your knowledge self-control, to your self-control godliness, to your godliness brotherly kindness, and to your brotherly kindness love. Now, I've often thought that knowledge would have been the more natural connection in one's build toward wisdom and maturity as a Christian. I I thought, how could one even know what is good without the knowledge presented by the scriptures? But what is it that Peter wants his readers to keep in mind? He precedes his list of building virtues in verses 4 and 5, by asserting that it was God's power and grace that made possible human life and godliness through knowledge of Christ, who saved us through his own glory and goodness, Peter goes on. The apostle asserts that God's salvation is a manifestation of God's goodness. Peter goes on in verse 4 to assert that through God's glory and goodness, He has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them we may participate in his divine nature. Of course, to be guided by God's great and precious promises certainly implies that knowledge of them is required. But Peter insists these activated promises allow us to participate in God's divine nature. Now, what might Peter mean by participating in God's divine nature? Simply as God's image bearers, we have the responsibility to reflect God's goodness by a commitment to goodness toward others over a lifetime. It's the same with all the fruit of the Spirit. We participate in the divine nature. We faithfully reflect what our Creator is like, for instance, by being kind because God is kind. We're called to sacrificially love others because that is God's nature. Manifesting the fruit of the Spirit means being faithful and reflecting what God is like to his creation. As we do this, we actively cultivate the garden, the gardens, that is our relationships, our families, our communities, our churches, our world. But again, why would Peter list goodness as a necessary virtue preceding knowledge? We can be reminded of Paul's assertion in his first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 8, verse 1, that knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Now, the immediate context for this verse is the controversy in the first century over whether it was permissible to to eat meat that had been part of a sacrifice to pagan idols. However, I would assert that his principle of the relationship of knowledge 
and love, and for our immediate application purposes, goodness, can be applied to Peter's emphasis on goodness preceding knowledge. We can become prideful about how much we know, the depth and difficulty of our training. Yet from a biblical perspective, the pride is ideally thrown to the margins of our mind and the margins of our self-identity when we are reminded that knowledge, that knowing, is always a servant of caring love and goodness. Knowledge is never an end in and of itself. Its practical function is to cultivate caregiving. In closing, Peter is mapping out the building blocks of growth in Christ. For instance, our faith in the forgiveness of God through the cross of Jesus Christ should naturally result in the good but often hard work of forgiving others. Our faith in the God of mercy who bore our sins should naturally spur us on to the good work of mercy towards others. Our faith in God who demonstrated his kindness toward us, towards us in leading us to repentance should naturally prompt us to begin the journey towards greater kindness in every role of our lives. And so it is with each of the nine fruit of the Spirit. The fruits appear to be inextricably intertwined and related. They are grown from the same tree, if you will, and therefore are part of the same source that gives life to each fruit, even though they are on different branches. Now in my next podcast, and third on the fruit of the Spirit called goodness, I'll discuss why the common biblically informed assertion, God is good, is worth reasserting regularly and why it should be central in our beliefs about the character of the creator of the universe. Thanks for joining me on Soul Stirrings. <laughs>